Hello. Why don't you want to talk to me? Who is this? You tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Uh-huh. I only eat popcorn at the movies. Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Oh, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? <laughs> Popheads and welcome to issue 124 of the TomCast Popcast, coming to you from a picturesque farmhouse in Woodsboro, California, the whitest town in America. But anywhere can be a Tom Cave, if you just believe in yourself. My name is Tom, and today we are here to ask a very simple question. Do you like scary movies? If the answer is yes, you've come to the right place. So thank you for listening to this quality independent podcast. Please make sure you're following us on the social medias at TomCastPopCast on Twitter, at TomCastPopCast on Instagram. You can email the show, TomCastPopCast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to become an official member of Pophead Nation, you can do so by heading over to Patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast. There's all kinds of super cool bonus content that awaits you if you become an official member of Pophead Nation. And you get to hang out with super cool people like the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail. You get to hang out with Evil Circle, the evilest of all the circles, who's just going buck wild in the in the most evil month of the year, Halloween, October. Halloween's the holiday. October is the month. I I do know that much. <laughs> uh, thank you also to the Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard, and the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer. Thank you for being. Awesome, awesome members of Pophead Nation and helping keep the lights on for this podcast. All right, finally, before we get into the show proper, make sure you excuse me, make sure you are subscribed to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, all your favorites. And if we're not on a platform, let me know what platform you want us to be on, and we'll be on there. So again, make sure you're subscribed, liking, enjoying, sharing the show with all your friends and family, and even people you don't like. Just tell them all about us. And if you get a chance, five-star reviews. Those go a long way to helping us survive uh, survive a horror movie, survive a scary movie. We need five-star reviews to make it through every scary movie we see. So the more we get, the better it goes. Thank you so much. All right. Well, if you didn't recognize the sound clip we used to introduce today's topic, today's movie, uh, we are going to be enjoying Scream from 1996. Directed by the master himself, Wes Craven. Written by Kevin Williamson. Starring Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette. You got Drew Barrymore in here. Uh, Roger Jackson is the voice on the phone, for anyone who's not sure about that. We got Skeet Ulrich. We got we got, we got Rose McGowan. Uh, I think I said David Arquette already. Matthew Lillard's in this movie. Jamie Kennedy's in this movie. Uh, just this incredibly impressive cast of, of young up-and-comers at the time who would uh, go on to do many other things with their career, including being several sequels to this iconic horror film. Scream uh, might be 
the scariest movie we've we've covered this month. We this is October. This is our Halloween month on the Tomcast Popcast. Uh, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Spooktoberfest. Uh, Pop Cast. I don't. <laughs> I got to work on some better names for some for, for some uh, better branding for next Halloween, because I've been having a lot of fun going back and watching these movies again and kind of exploring all that there is to enjoy about these movies and why they are so, so rewatchable. Everything on the list, everything we've covered so far this month is just is just a movie you can pop on anytime, any time of year, but especially at Halloween and have a really fun time, a really great time. Lots of movies with high rewatchability factors and that's kind of kind of a key thing that we like on the Tomcast podcast. We like being able to watch a movie more than once. Oh, excuse me. We like to be able to revisit these things and, and re-explore and, you know, kind of look at things with a slightly different perspective. The more you get to know the material, the more you become familiar with the material. So getting to go back to these movies has been a blast. I hope everyone's having a good time listening. I hope a few of you have, have been inspired to uh, pop on, the pop on, pop on, like you're going to pop in a video cassette or something like that. You know, probably most like you're, you're going online and you're streaming, you're downloading, you're getting from Netflix, you're getting from Amazon. But hopefully you're revisiting these films yourselves and you're, you're uh, maybe taking it, getting a little bit of a new appreciation for them because that would be the ultimate goal for this show, for me. And let me know. Or if, if I'm wrong, if you're like, that movie sucks, you can tell me that too. That's what the social media is for. Find me on the social media. So today, we get, we're, I'm, I'm really excited to, to talk about this film, but, but I'm also really excited to welcome back a guest uh, we haven't had on the show for far too long. I think it's been almost almost two years since the last time we were we were uh, uh, fortunate enough, blessed enough to have the wonderful Tabitha Thompson come onto the show and and discuss Halloween and horror stuff with us, and and we're today we're diving into one of her favorite movies. I know she's a, a big scream enthusiast, and that's why she's coming on board today, so we can we can talk about this movie and kind of get into the nitty gritty, and I, I really expect to have a fun conversation because uh, the uh, Tabs knowledge on on the film is is uh just so deep that we're gonna get some good stuff there's gonna be a good conversation there and you know we're gonna have to pay our respects too to, to Wes Craven because you, you can't watch a Wes Craven movie without uh, sort of uh, honoring the man and his contributions to the genre but to filmmaking overall I mean the man has made uh some truly terrifying contributions to cin- uh horror cinema and it would be wrong not to acknowledge that at the beginning of the podcast. So that'll probably be the first thing we do once our conversation starts up in just a moment here. So you know what's coming next. We're getting ready to do Scream. Again, 1996. We're going back to 1996, the year I graduated high school. Oof. That kind of hurts. Get you, get you right in the heart. You're like, oh, I didn't think I was old, but I am. Anyway, so we're going to go back in time a little bit. Probably even talk about what we were doing in 1996 when this movie came out because... Uh, Tab is, 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 is a little bit younger than I, so I'm assuming she was probably still in high school, probably just starting high school. Uh, but it's still kind of fun to kind of see where everyone was at when the, when some of these movies were coming out. So it's going to be a good time. Get ready for Scream. Shenanigans will abound. So you got to do what you got to do, right? You know what you got to do. You got to sit down, buckle up, hold on to your butts, and buckle up again, because we are about to have fun with telephones and no caller ID, no star 69, none of those things come into play, all right? Here we go, Wes Craven's Scream, 1996 style. Well, I think it is. 
You know, I think it's her father. You know, why can't they find her pops, man? Because he's probably dead. His body will come popping up in the last reel somewhere. Eyes gouged out, fingers cut off, teeth knocked out. See, the police yeah. are always off track with this shit. If they watch prom night, they'd save time. There's a formula to it. A very simple formula. Everybody's a suspect. And we're back. <laughs> Joining me now via Zoom. The one, the only, Tabitha Thompson, who, for any longtime listeners, it's been two years since you were last on the show. You have been sorely missed, especially at this time of Halloween. How are you? I'm great. Uh, you only call me around Halloween, so <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <laughs> you have the number. <laughs> no, it's, it's the spookiest time of the year, so I'm a happy camper, except I can't leave my house. That doesn't help, but that's all right. No, it, it sucks. I mean, you're the one of my one of my favorite scream queens for this time of year, and you can't you can't do your normal uh, festival activity festivist activities, I suppose. Yeah, it's a real bummer because we go completely all out. I mean, we we decorate for like two full weeks before yeah. our party, and it would have been our seventh annual party, right? And we don't get to have that now, and. It's a bummer. I, so I didn't even really bother to decorate much. I did a couple little things just so I didn't feel completely out of it. But it's like, what's the point? No one's going to see it anyway. Right. Exactly. No, it's it's uh, it's a weird Halloween for sure. We were, I, uh, yeah. But at least well, and it's such a it's the worst too because it was the first one in like many years that was going to be on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. So I was so amped about. Cause our party's getting bigger every year. And I was like, it's actually on Halloween this year. That would be so amazing. And then fucking COVID and the world's ending. And no, we, I mean, we're living, we're living a horror movie. So we, we, we had a discussion in this house. I, I want to say it was like roughly a year ago. Cause we looked at the calendar and I was like, Hey, listen, next year, things are going to be different. I'll be off on Sundays. It's gonna be a whole thing. We were planning on getting like a little mm -hmm. hotel room, like up, at, you know, up close to you guys. So we can like take the stay the night, have the dogs with us. It was gonna be a whole thing, and then a fucking pandemic, dude. And who could <laughs> have ever guessed? I have people literally texting me in like July. Like, what dates the party this year? Because it's, it's become a thing. Like this yes. is what people do for Halloween and. I mean, so much so that you were there. Were you there when Matt and Sarah dressed as Cody and I? Yes. They said, you're the king and queen of Halloween. And so they came as us, which was just the fucking coolest if, thing I've ever seen. Was so. that the same year that, uh, uh, that, that that Matt from Virgin decided to try and kill Mike, a pint of hoppiness, with a beer chugging contest? Uh, I think so. He <laughs> might do that every year, actually. <laughs> Matt loves a beer chug. He Let's sure does. <laughs> University of Santa Barbara be proud right well that was the year dressed as Cody he jumped in the garage and started recording a 3BZ podcast <laughs> I know it was ridiculous I feel like I missed all of that fun <laughs> but I did hear about it later <laughs> good so, stuff suffice yeah. to say for anyone who's new to the podcast you guys you I mean obviously you and, and Cody are, are huge on Halloween it, it only makes sense for you to have you guys on at least one of the Halloween podcasts we're doing this year. Next year, it has to be like eight. We'll have to get you on eight episodes. Yeah, we'll just talk everything Halloween like all month. Well, one, good. if we can ever hang out again, it'd be easy to knock them all out back to back to back. <laughs> right. But we're talking about one of your favorite movies, one of my favorite movies. 
We're talking about 1996's Wes Craven-directed Scream. Best fucking horror film on the planet. It, it's It's got to be like right up there, doesn't it? I mean, if you ask me, it's, it's my top. It's the whole franchise, in my personal opinion, is fucking perfect. So I know it doesn't get a lot of love. It's starting to, I've noticed, but um, I've loved it since the first one came out, and I was 12. I was going to... Uh, wow, okay. So you're a bit younger than I expected. I was going to ask, where were you in 1996 when this first came out? <laughs> Well, 1996, I was actually 13 because I was born in 83. So uh, I had I had to sneak it because I've told you we weren't allowed to do anything cool because my parents are assholes and they're <laughs> crazy religious and they're assholes, both things. But so we were never allowed to watch anything cool or go to any Halloween related things or, you know, nothing scary, nothing with magic, all that bullshit. So I actually had to have my brother go to the video store and rent it for me because I had to see it, but that's the only way I was going to get to see it. So we like snuck it into the house and I watched it like when my parents were in bed. Okay. Little, okay. little 13 year old. That's my, that was my idea of rebellion at the time. <laughs> for, for me, 1996 was very different because I was <laughs> yeah. graduating high school that year. Uh, and I think screen came out, a few months after that, I want to say it came out late summer, but it might have been early fall. And S Scream was like sort of like the seminal theater-going experience for me because, you know, I've been to movie theaters where people will like will uh, like clap and do all that bullshit at the end of the movie. But mm -hmm. Scream was the first time I was in a theater where people were like, no, don't go in there. No, don't go up the stairs. And people were just like yelling constantly. Yeah. And it was like really fun and kind of like interactive in a sense. Mm -hmm. So Scream was kind yeah, of like a game changer. Yeah, it lends itself to that so well, you know. Yeah, it was, it was a real game changer. And, the, and like, the, you know, the, the movie's full of, of red herrings, and we'll get into those too. But, like, people were, like, freaking out, you know, when the Fonz has, this, has the shears and the whole thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God! And, of course, Craven's uh, famous showing as the as the janitor in a Freddy Krueger sweater. It's my <laughs> favorite part. Do you Have you caught that? Yes. Yes. It's the fucking greatest thing. Yes. I mean, he's like, what'd you call me? <laughs> Best. Yeah, he just has like the, like the red and green stripes on. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, and the hat and everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fucking wonderful. Let's, let's, I mean, I know he's not the first, but that's just one of my favorite parts. One of many great parts in that film. Scream 1, I think, is awesome. I think it holds up insanely well, too. I mean, like, sure, it's mm -hmm. a little 90s, but, like, the scares play. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, the whole the whole thing with that movie isn't, at all based in the 90s other than the fact that they have you know house phones that's mm -hmm. really the only difference but i mean it, it's just the you never know who close to you is gonna fucking try to kill you you know like that's age old that's never gonna end and that's never gonna be not scary yeah so. well and, i mean and the movie came out like at, at a really important time for for horror movies because you know the slashers had kind of i don't Running to the ground is a, a little bit strong, but you know, by this point, people were rooting for Jason. They were rooting for Freddy. They were rooting for mm -hmm. Michael Myers in the movies. They're, the stakes weren't really high anymore. They just wanted to see great kills. Mm -hmm. uh, this... And it brought the story back. Like, exactly. That was the thing. Is like It came, like you said, at a time when horror flicks were kind of turning to shit for the most part. I mean, let's be real. There's some gems in that time period, but not that many, really. Right. Most of them right. became cult classics afterward. And Scream came out in a time when we sorely needed 
good horror and it just was i mean it was good stuff and then i mean they followed up with three other great fucking flicks if you ask me Mm -hmm. but who am i no and listen i mean like i am a a a confessed scaredy cat i get terrified at, at many many things but I had a blast watching these movies in in the theaters. I've seen all of them in the in in the cinema. I, I have a great time. It's it's a blast. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, we I I remember seeing what, what was it Friday the Thirteenth Party. Jason takes Manhattan and he's like punching people's heads off their <laughs> bodies. And like it was just a different time by the, the yeah. early the mid nineties. So when when Scream came out in ninety six, it was like oh my god, this is a huge breath of fresh air for the genre. Mm-hmm. And it made when, it like, and scary I th- again. I think the big, yeah, the big thing too, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off, no, but no. the big thing I think that caught everyone's attention in the very beginning was, oh my God, Drew Barrymore is in this, right? So she's in every poster, she's in everything they're showing, mm-hmm. and she gets killed in the first five minutes. It's, no one saw it coming. Everyone flipped the fuck out. And they're like, oh, oh, what's coming now? Like, what's going to happen? Because that (laughs) brought people in. That was something that they didn't expect. And the best part was it was her idea. They were going to have her be the lead. And she was like, no, 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 it'd be way better if I die first. (laughs) And it fucking was. It was so great. That's amazing. Yeah. What are you drinking, by the way? Do you have a nice beverage tonight? I got some vino. Ooh, a little fancy. High class over here from Tabitha. It's it's out of a box. (laughs) fine uh covid has brought me to needing to buy boxes of wine no that's fair the bottles go too fast i have the the dogfish head uh pumpkin ale Ooh, that's a good one yeah to kind of keep with our theme you know a nice pumpkin beer but with some cinnamon some allspice and a little nutmeg oh yeah festive well cody cody brought home evil dye red tonight i I saw his instagram as you know is like my (laughs) favorite seasonal beer of all time um but it wasn't cold yet so I went. I went looking for it for tonight, and I I, I struck out. I know. Try harder next time. I Tom. know. Don't. Hey, tomorrow is another day, and accurate. <laughs> I live to drink. I mean, maybe, day. maybe <laughs> it might. Tomorrow might not come. It's fine. Well, <laughs> okay. maybe there won't be a tomorrow. Tomorrow there wasn't today. Oh Jesus! Ground, Groundhog Day. You're Nobody. Getting deep. You're getting deep on me. <laughs> before we get before we get too deep into scream. I, I kind of wanted to talk about Wes Craven. I mean, uh, the a master of of his arts, and and someone who we we lost a few years ago, sadly. Uh, but I can't help but thinking the way he kind of constantly redefined the genre. I mean, from his first movie with which was uh, what was it like the Second House on the Left or whatnot? Yeah, which Last is, House on the Left. Yeah, Last. Uh, thank you, Last House on the Left. Which yeah, is close. Fucking terrifying. Oh yeah. Hills Have Eyes, I'm still scarred. Like, I can't, I can't watch, like, horror films don't scare me. I just enjoy them. Like, I, the, you get the jump scare occasionally, but mm-hmm. I don't ever walk away, like, actually scared. But that's, there's a scene in The Hills Have Eyes that I'm like, yep, never watching that again. Like, it <laughs> fucked me up. No, it, I, for me, Last House on the Left is also, the same way. So disturbing. Red, yeah, redneck people. Yeah, redneck people. A hundred percent redneck people are a problem <laughs> in, in, in movies, not in real life necessarily. Extremely problematic. <laughs> you know, so you have, you have Hills of Eyes, Last House on the Left, and then you go to Friday, the, or I'm sorry, you go to Nightmare on Elm Street, you get Freddy. Mm-hmm. Iconic. He's amazing. It's the greatest thing. 
The the concept about that one that scares me the most is like you think it, it isn't even Freddy as a murderer because he's not actually that scary, really. You know, he fucks with your mind and everything, but you know, he doesn't just come at you with a machete. Mm-hmm. But the thing about that movie that fucks me up is we've all been so tired but having to stay awake, right? Like in college when you're like 8 a.m. class and you're just like nodding your head, but you have to like take notes. And you know how that feels. That just, it just feels like bugs are under your skin because you just want to close your fucking eyes. So the horror of that movie comes from the fact that these people literally cannot close their eyes or they are gonna die. And the like the actual physical feeling they must be feeling during this when they're like taking no-dos and like doing everything they can not to sleep it's awful. But then he stretches his arms and he scrapes the fence and it's hysterical. So <laughs> good stuff all no, around. It's a good balance. And, uh, and yeah, a couple of sequels are, are trash, but there's a couple of really good ones in there too. Oh yeah. I feel like even the trash ones are fun to watch though. They're still you know? fun. I mean, even two is like not un- completely unwatchable. Yeah. I was just going to mention too. That one's pretty, pretty trash, but pretty it's trash, fun. But like it still has some stuff. Some yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, but th- yeah. But like, you go to three. Three's almost amazing. Oh, yeah. And then, I don't know if I'm skipping ahead, no, but have you seen New Nightmare? I was going to transition to New Nightmare. Okay. Again, okay. he kind of redefines the genre within the context of his own creation. Exactly. He was the one that brought us, you know, art imitating art, but being conscious of being art in- imitating art oh, within yeah. itself, you know? Yeah. Because in New, in New Nightmare for people who don't know it's the people who are the actors from the first film and they're playing themselves obviously you know characterized versions of themselves and freddie comes after them like after the actors who played like nancy and and freddie and it's the it's but that's where it all began with his idea of of uh sharing that kind of look behind the film and people being self-aware and like you're watching them build the freddie costume because it's like they're getting ready to do a new Freddy film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then he comes anyway and takes them out. And it's just the coolest and weirdest thing you've ever seen. It it, it really is crazy. Like the, the scene where, where uh, Robert England paints the picture of Freddy kind of coming through, like, kind of like piercing the veil. And, mm-hmm. and that's the one that sent that, you know, he paints that. He's like, oh, I'm. it's time to go. I got to leave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he's gone. Yeah, he's like, I'm here now. <laughs> Also, Robert England is just a goddamn genius. I mean, the guy. Anyhow, the the did you ever did you see the remake? I know this is a we're not it's not talking about this movie specifically, but did you see the the newer version of I, it? I don't like it. Yeah. So the crazy thing about I it was hard to watch for me, um, but I learned because I was like, this is fucking gross. Like he's a he's a child molester. He's like this pedophile. But you know what I found out? I was reading up about it. That's what the original one was supposed to be. So Wes Craven originally wrote it to be like that he's a child predator. And then there was the whole satanic panic and in the 80s where every, the religious people thought that everyone was out to get their kids. And mm-hmm. there's that one preschool that there was that whole big thing that, you know, you've heard about all that. But because of the, the, the social climate, he changed it just a bit to be, you know, he, he's just a child murderer. Um, but watching, I mean, somebody else made it, so it's, it's still not as good, you know. But that version of the story, 
I don't think it would have been the hit that it became because it was that's so dark it's and really, just yeah. yeah, it's really dark. And I couldn't. Plus, it's the kid from this this the um, Bad News Bears. I'm like, I can't take <laughs> you seriously. <laughs> that was hard. I mean, yeah, I, I'm okay with that idea, like being added to the Freddy lore, because, like you said, I mean, if, if Wes kind of originally envisioned it, even even better. It just mm-hmm. th- there was other some of the Freddy stuff was fine. It was a lot of the other stuff I had problems with in the remake. Yeah. You know, yeah. like like them all hanging out in kind of like, like the, the dungeon where they were all like molested and raped by Freddy. I was like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, it was just, it was incredible. It was just, it just felt dirty. Yeah. You know, it just. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah. I just walked out like, I need a shower now. <laughs> I don't know. But it is, it was kind of interesting to read that that was like, that was his original vision because you think, oh, someone just got their hands on this flick and they fucked it up. They did all this weird shit to it, but that's how he originally was going to do it, which is so crazy. I'm glad he didn't because I for sure wouldn't be into that franchise if that's how it started. Fair enough, especially since we, we, we you in particular would have been very young watching that. That might have been a little too, yeah. like, eesh. No thanks. I draw the line at pedophilia. <laughs> Well, so it's it, it kind of there's kind of something kind of fun then about about the fact that like Wes is also responsible for kind of redefining the genre because again, like I said, Freddie and Jason and Michael and, and kind of our 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 favorite slashers became kind of comedic, I suppose, mm-hmm. or like I mean, less threatening. I guess is the best way to describe them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for for Wes to kind of come back to the horror genre with this Kevin Williamson script uh, that's very grounded, very kind of real. I, I suppose it's, I, I, I'll say plausible. Like, why not? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and for me, I think the best plausibility of it is the fact that Ghostface is someone different every time. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that always, as a kid, when I just was like too analytical and just like wanting to understand, like, well, that wouldn't really happen. You know how they're basically superhuman, these killers and, how the fuck did he come back from that? Oh, there's another sequel. How the fuck is that going to work? He already, we saw his head get chopped off. Like that just doesn't, but because the way that he built it so that ghost feast, ghost face could be literally anybody. I love that. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, it's kind of a never ending possibilities at that point. You know, you can get that costume at every five and nine, they said, and it's like, Anybody could be that guy now. Well, I used to work at a five and dime that would sell that costume. So Oof. seeing it in the cinema, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I, I know that costume. So yeah, yeah I mean, it kind of added like a little bit more, I guess, authenticity to like, well, oh, and just someone just picked yeah, this up and starts and, killing people. Yeah, absolutely. And from an art student, I went to, to art school in college and a total dork. It's like based off of Edward Munch's scream, that painting. And that also just adds like this cool layer of like, I don't know. It's like a reference to something I also really enjoy. So that was pretty cool. Hey, fair enough. Well, <laughs> listen, we, we, we've danced around the topic long enough. Let's dive in to the movie in particular. That opening Let's sequence. Come on. Does it get better? Like if, if you're watching that, that, that first five, six minutes and you're not, or actually it's longer than that. It's like, it's like 12 minutes. Like, mm-hmm. Are you not completely hooked by the end of that? Oh, I, I don't think you're, well, it goes two ways. You're either completely hooked or you're out or you can't go further. <laughs> okay, I don't want to name names, but someone with the last name that starts with a Z 
could not get past the opening. We tried to watch it with him, and he made me turn it off. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but if you are into horror flicks, and it, it, that first scene is, it's, it's fucking brilliant. And then there's a heartbreaking moment where her parents can hear what's happening, but mm-hmm. they can't get there fast enough. It's just, it's so, it's beautiful. It's on so many levels, you know, it's plus the whole bringing in of the, of the other movies and, and the trivia and God, it's funny. Cause they say, well, what's your favorite scary movie? Well, fucking this one. It's, it's, it's really great the way they, they incorporate the, the sort of lore of all the other films that kind of came before it, you know, like, like prom mm-hmm. night and Halloween and, and even Freddie and Jason, and, you know, everything's kind of referenced and everything's kind of held in, in this kind of like wonderful reverence. And they kind of pay tribute to all of it as as they're doing their own thing, you know. Like it's mm-hmm. not it's not mocking, it's not disparaging to the other other films. Mm-mm. It just it's just kind of like like we respect where we're coming from, and we're just gonna be the next thing. Exactly, it's giving it's giving a severe nod. I mean, so far as like Billy's last name is Loomis, yes, which refers Dr. Loomis to Doctor Loomis, yeah, in Halloween. Yeah. So it's all those things that that made it something special. And it also, I think, is a thing that kind of brought some of those old movies back to the forefront for people who were young when that first stream came out. Then they're talking about prom night and they're talking about, you know, Halloween and all these other old flicks that now these people are going to go, ah, I haven't seen that. And then they want to dive deeper into the into the genre. And I think that's just, that's super cool. You know, they're very into it. They're very respectful. They're fans of of everything about horror and that's just that's what makes it so fun yeah i, I and just to kind of, i'm gonna jump ahead a little bit here but like jamie kennedy's like tirade in the video store about prom night is one of my favorite things ever the greatest <laughs> it's just... the greatest i my favorite though of all time in the scream universe is stew i love stew so much i mean <laughs> matthew lillard in Leonard, like anything he, ever he jumps off I'm the in. screen in this movie and like as, as far as i know like, this is kind of like his big coming out party as an actor i mean i think he did like what like uh slc punk before this and that yeah, was I think it? That's, it. that's also one of my favorite movies that's a great movies. movie he's, Don't just, get me wrong. He's, he's amazing yeah, yeah but that he he's unsung hero i feel like in this flick like liver alone come on <laughs> come on He's great. The the cast is fantastic. I mean, and like, this is a cast full of like young and up and comers. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we, we start with Drew Barrymore, but you know, you mentioned Matthew Matthew Lillard. We have Skeet, Mr. Oh Skeet. Oh my Ulrich. God, Skeet! <laughs> Live. Uh, uh, I still love him. <laughs> oh, Sorry. Fuck. Sorry, I can't remember. Uh, who else we got? Live, live, live. No, Nev Campbell. No. Nev Campbell. We have uh, Rose McGowan. Rose is McGowan's in, it. in this. You forget Jamie that Kennedy. one. Probably one of my favorite kills in the series is hers. In the garage door? Yeah, the garage door. Because that, I mean, it's it's accurate because not long after that, they put the sensors where they don't do that anymore, <laughs> you know? But it was just early enough that that could happen. No, know? and this, this was a big coming out party for Courtney Cox, you know, who's kind of like trying to break oh, yeah. her, her friend's mold a little bit. You David, know, David Arquette. Arquette. You know, so like, good. I, I don't want to like quote the movie box but it's kind of the, this young hip sexy cast and, and it's like it has some like serious cachet going into it yeah but then it lives up to it you know it there's it, so it, many it times when they just like they list the names and they suck you in and then you're just like what did i just watch like 
I, there's only so much I can take of, of just a cast and no story, you know? Well, and it would have been This super, one had the chops to back it up. It would have been super easy for Courtney Cox to say, like, I don't want to be a bitch character. I want to be, like, a mm-hmm. hero-esque character. I want to be shown in a positive light the entire time and not someone who's in uh, an adversarial relationship with the with the hero, hero of the story. Yeah. Oh, God, we thought, forgot about Liev Schreiber, too. Oh, tiny part, I mean, but huge in the, in the, in the mythos just, of the story. Just huge, yeah. huge. But Courtney Cox, uh, Gail Weathers, is also just such a wonderful character because they also develop through the, through the um, series. They develop her character in such a way that, like, at first you fucking hate her. <laughs> I mean, you're so stoked when Sid punches her in the face. And then she kind of saves the day at the end, so she redeems herself a little. And then in Scream 2, she's a total bitch again. You know, but then by the end of the series, like she's everyone's friend and she has literally saved their lives and she's has that redemption that I think you know doesn't happen that often. Yeah, no, I totally cool. agree with you. I didn't want to I, I was just gonna sorry, I was just looking at my notes here real quick. <laughs> I, I Oh man. No, no. We're we're pretty good. Casey Becker's house I thought was shot insanely well. I just want to mention that real quick. I love the way the camera pans around that you see mm-hmm. all the windows. So that when everything's kind of unveiled as the threat rises, ooh, mm-hmm. I love that opening Oof. sequence so much. That opening scene, yeah, we got a little off topic, but also the foreshadowing, mm-hmm. like in the the knife with her eyes, it's just, it's too, it's 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 really fantastic. I was her for Halloween one year. I remember. Um, I think it was yeah. Year. Made it on the front page of uh, San NBC San Diego. <laughs> My costume pretty good anyway yeah, she she was fantastic and like you just just everything about that scene is is i mean magical sounds like the wrong word because it's a little macabre but it's it's cinematic magic in my opinion just the whole thing and it's i i don't know a lot of young people <laughs> which is a good thing i think uh, because i feel like they would they would kind of like dismiss some of like the phone etiquette in this movie because like you know she just keeps answering the phone, mm-hmm. and I, I feel that's like, what you did in the nineties. Exactly, that was like you. Yeah. you it was like, what are you gonna do? Just let it ring, and then he's gonna yeah. punch on the answering machine. I don't know. Yeah, and like not everybody even had an answering machine, yeah. so it would just keep ringing, and no. that's an- annoying. No, you know, Casey Becker's house convinced me that I never want a house with that many windows, especially like large pane windows and doorways. Oh yeah, like I I, I can't be that visible. I want to be hidden in my home. It's it's a lot, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. We and we didn't even talk about her boyfriend, her poor boyfriend that was already tied up. He and was dead about to be from dead. the beginning. Come on, he didn't have a chance. Nope, nope. I, anyway, I don't want to go necessarily like like beat by beat through the story because I feel like that's a little bit like I, I, everyone's seen Scream by now, right? I mean, I'd hope so. so Hopefully, multiple times, but. So what do you think of uh, so uh, okay Casey gets killed aka you know our, our wonderful uh, uh, actress Firestarter Drew Barrymore Drew Barrymore thank yeah. you I, I drew a blank real quick a great opening sequence and then we get we mm-hmm. get thrust into like the, our, our our main character's life that of of Nev Campbell mm-hmm. what did you think of her character did you enjoy the way she was I mean she's a character experiencing trauma her parent her mother had been murdered the the year before mm-hmm. what did you think I think. I think Sydney, for Sydney me, Bristow, after, named, after, named after your dog, I think, by the way. Uh, I did. Yeah. I named my dog after her. No, no, no. Your I, dog I, is named after her. 
yeah. Vice versa. Sorry. <laughs> I was making a bad okay. joke. Sorry. Okay. Okay. So, uh, at the end, so yeah, my, my dog's name is Sydney Gwynn because Sydney is, you know, obviously Sid and then Gwynn for the great Tony Gwynn because who else? Um, but we named her that funnily enough, we were running through a few names when we were coming home with her from, from the shelter and we stopped by Petco to try to get like her name tag or something or a collar. I don't know, whatever dumb thing you have to get right after you adopt a dog. Right. And so we walk into Petco and she's the sweetest thing on the planet. But as soon as she was in public on a leash, she almost yanked my arm off. <laughs> the, the girl was a street dog. She'd never been, you know, on a leash or out in public. And she was just a fucking gremlin. So we ended up naming her Sydney because we're like, she's tiny and sweet, but strong as hell. No, nice. And so that, that's kind of where that came from. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what did you think of like the introduction to Sydney on the, in the movie and the kind of like her arc overall from where she, she kind of, the kind of her development, you know, it's a, the way that kind of yeah. uh, Skeet is a, is play, or Billy is playing with her in the beginning, that that whole thing. I mean, there's a lot of misdirection in the film, so go with yeah, I gotta go. be honest. I uh, it it took me a little while to warm up to her character. She wasn't my favorite at first. She's kind of yeah, she's kind of cold. Yeah, yeah. And then when they start getting into her story, then you sort of understand a little bit more why. Mm -hmm. um, but she just constantly looks terrified, and she's always on the verge of tears, and you're just like what is this bitch's problem? But then you learn her story and you're like, Oh God, the fact that she's even at school, you know, living her normal life and then has to deal with this shit on top of it. You know, then you start to feel for her. And I think it's in the later films that I really just like really started loving her. Mm -hmm. But at first it was a, it was a rough one for me. I, I preferred um, Tatum quite frankly. <laughs> Well, she's she, Tatum's character is a much more like effervescent kind of character, like mm -hmm. much more out there. Kind of her personality is like you know in the forefront, uh, and and Sydney's much more reserved. Mm -hmm. uh, and but I feel like that's kind of in subsequent subsequent re watch excuse me subsequent rewatching of the film over the last twenty years. I I don't know. I I feel like I get it more now because the way the 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 way the information the way the mysteries kind of doled out because this is a horror film. But there's a wonderful mystery kind of like at the center of it. And a lot of it has to do mm -hmm. with Sydney's mother and her relationship to other people in the town. Mm -hmm. And I, I, yeah. I love kind of exploring that every time I rewatch it. Like the whole way, the whole way Billy, I, again, spoilers. I mean, we're talking about when he was 20 it's, years old. It's coming up on its 21st anniversary. <laughs> right. If you haven't seen it now, like too late, get the fuck out. But it's fine. The, the way you kind of see like, like Billy manipulating her and, and, and things like that mm -hmm. to kind of, further his goals and his plans for evil. It, mm -hmm. I, the Sydney character makes more sense to me much more now than when she first, when I first, the first couple of times I watched her. No, agreed. And it was also for me, probably TMI, but you know, obviously as it, as it, I was what 13. So, and growing up in a religious household and like, she's a virgin and he's pushing her and all this shit, but somehow you still like want to love him because she does. And so there's this whole thing where like you kind of see that he's a dick, but she's super in and 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 you are inherently meant to trust her, right? Mm -hmm. You're meant to trust her judgment. So you're like, oh, okay, I gotta give this guy a chance. Doesn't hurt that it's Keith Ulrich and he's hot as fuck. But uh there was definitely a lot of that for me with 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 uh Sid specifically, because it it's important to learn the backstory, but I love how they did it just a little bit at a time because then 
you really are surprised with who the killer ends up to be because in movies prior to that, it's just random people, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's Michael was just a random guy. And so the second one, when they made him Jamie's sister or brother, you know, so most of these like Jason and all those, they don't know the victims. They, so you're expecting that this outside killer is infiltrating this group of teenagers and so you're just like, oh, shit, when's he going to break in? And then when it's, like, revealed that it's one of or two of them, you're just like, wait, that's – like, you can do that? Yeah. It's all very personal, which I think mm-hmm. is, again, part of the allure of the movie because it's, like, this kind of, like, circle of friends with two people inside of it that are like, we're going to chop your hands off. Yeah. Well, my favorite part, too, about the, the whole dynamic is that um, multiple characters get – arcs and they get character development it isn't just like the the final girl who gets her story told like you know a little bit about each of the main characters and there's enough about them that you're fighting for them not just for her you know so i feel like in a lot of other horror films there's like the main girl who ends up being final girl, right and everybody else is just like you almost see them on the first scene and go that's a throwaway character. Yeah. That guy's going to die. That, you know, you can almost immediately tell who's going to die. But Scream was totally different because they all had their things and they all put it together. And it's, and it is so high school. They're all very different and kind of dicking around and, you know. Well, like you said, I mean, this, this movie brought like plot and story back to horror films. It wasn't mm-hmm. just like, here's like five disposable characters and then one you have to root for and only because mm-hmm. like, they're kind of like left. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, no, no. And then it, in the end, you almost you almost catch yourself rooting for Stu because even though he literally only was part of it because he wanted to fuck shit up, like he had pressure. no reason to want to be part of it. it yeah, was, it's was peer pressure. Yeah, <laughs> but then he's just like he he doesn't expect to be killed. You know, he thinks he's in on it, and that he got that rug pulled out from under him. And you're like, oh, I almost feel bad for this guy, but now he's a dick. Stu has some of the best lines. I mean, particularly towards the oh end, my God. you know, when he talks about how his parents are going to kill him for fucking up the house. <laughs> I say that all the My mom and dad are going to be so mad at me. It's the greatest. It really is. Listen, I mean, I get it. Like, he's like 40 years old in that role, but it, he was great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was that. Well, no, I mean, he's not. They, all, don't they all are a little, a little bit older. <laughs> They're all a little bit older. That's that Hollywood yeah. thing where you, you can't have actual teenagers be in your movie, apparently. Not so high school, not. But high it was school cool, is too, just, because... I couldn't handle I, being a, at a high school that super sexy. I would have been just so intimidated. Right? Everyone's good looking. I'm like, I, I, have, I, I loved, have to transfer. Sorry. I, yeah, I loved it, too, because, like you mentioned, um, Courtney Cox trying to get out of that Monica mm-hmm. mold. Um also, Friends is my favorite show of all time. I was going to say, I love me some Monica. Don't get me wrong. I, I love I love <laughs> Friends so much. But seeing her as Gail, you're like, oh, shit. She's also, like, a really good actress. Because it, you don't see Monica at all. No. She's immediately, like, yeah, they that cold-hearted so bitch. Exactly. Yes. I agree mm-hmm. 100%. I thought it was so mm-hmm. wonderful for her as an actress to be able to kind of, like, break that mold so fast. And and, mm-hmm. and but still have a role where like you just you don't hate her you you come around by the end, absolutely. You know, like, you yeah. Hate, and you I mean, it's to start, but by the end, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? It's one of those you go back and forth too, because like you hate her and then you don't, and then she does something else, and you're like, ah, oh, this fucking bitch. <laughs> but I also love that it was it was during friend like Friends was still filming, so she wasn't like 
oh, this is over. Now I got to shed that skin. It was like, no, let me just do something fun. You know, mm-hmm. that was cool. Let's talk a little bit about some of the, you know, we, we've kind of talked about how uh, it, it's, it's Stu and it's Billy. They're the murderers. We've, we've danced around it a little bit. Whatever. Let's talk about the red herrings because I think the red herrings in this movie are really strong. There's a lot oh, of yeah. misdirect with the mysteries as far as like, you know, we have, we have a uh, principal, what's his name? Principal Fonzie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's kind of a creep, right? Yeah. He's like touching the girl's faces and, and all this stuff. He's like yeah. real handsy. It- and he like rips the guy's mask off and like basically threatens him with a knife. And you're like, oh my god! Yeah, those giant god. scissors, just like right up across their chest. He runs around yeah. to their cheeks. Like, oh, it's like, yeah, oh so you're shit! Like, he's just sick of these kids by now. now I mean, it, it, it's so obvious that it's a misdirect, but like you're still kind of like, whoa, that's mm-hmm. fucked up. <laughs> yeah, and then he eats it pretty soon after that. So you're like, ah, oh, I guess it, maybe it was the janitor. Freddy Krueger. Right. Uh, you no, know, there's a lot of that that really cool. And then they do the my favorite part about the misdirecting um, is when you start to suspect Billy mm-hmm. and then he gets thrown in jail for the night and then she gets attacked. And he's like, it couldn't have been me. I was in jail. Like I was in jail. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, shit, I guess it, it couldn't have been him because this is also one of the very few introducing two murderers it's usually just one you you were leading me right into that question where where like did you have any suspicion that it was going to be two killers because i did not no absolutely not no i was flabbergasted it it was new i mean nobody did that yeah and it it was very because it's also one of those things that like i don't think i don't think society was deep enough into true crime and understanding the nature of true crime to realize that there actually is a lot of that where people like like-minded creeps do these things together. You know, they, you don't think about that. You think this guy's gone off his rocker and he went and killed a bunch of people, but there's a lot of partner killers that, in that, the real world. That's a really great observation. Uh, yeah. And uh, again, like in 96, I wasn't thinking that way at all. Mm-mm. Like nowadays, Nobody I'm, nowadays I'm like, oh, oh, they're all in on it. It's a group. It's a yeah. cult. <laughs> but yeah. but in '96, I'm like, I was blown away that there were two of them. It it really like, oh, yeah. like captured my interest. I was like, oh yeah, my gosh, absolutely. this is amazing. And, and they were both within the group. It wasn't yeah. like one within the group and then like some other rando guy that dragged him in. It was like the, their two best friends. You know, that was definitely a shocker. I didn't I didn't see it coming at all. Well, and the funny thing is with these flicks, like. I've seen him a gazillion times, but at a certain point, like number three, I think I hadn't seen for a while and I legitimately forgot who the killer was. Hadn't seen it for a couple of years. And right. I was like, Oh, I can't even remember. Hell yeah. And I put it on I'm like, nah, you know, it's fun. Cause they do that really good redirects, really good. Oh, it couldn't have been them or like people that you don't even kind of notice as characters mm-hmm. turn out to be the killer sometimes. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and with this one, I think what I thought was is, is super cool and lends to the rewatchability of the of the first scream in, in particular. Don't get me wrong, I'm I'm like you, I like all of them, uh, but with the first one, I love going back and rewatching and kind of trying to to like, oh, Billy wants to kill this character. He had this motive to kill this person, and then mm-hmm. Stu wanted to kill this person because mm-hmm. of you know, X, Y, and Z. So that that's kind of part of the fun of it too. Is like okay. 
Stu killed this one, and then Billy kills this one, or just trying to like figure out how it's all kind of connected. Like this oh yeah, I thought I was the only one that did that. I would sit there and go, I wonder which one of them it is at this one, you know? Yeah. And at first sight, I thought it was because in the later ones they have the voice changer, mm-hmm. but obviously it's the same guy doing the voice all the time. So I would be like, I think I can hear that. Sounds a little bit more like the orange, <laughs> and I was like, it's it's not. But I would definitely try to figure out who would. Casey Becker was definitely both of them. Right. There's no question in my mind. No, they, they had to because of, because of the yeah. timing of everything. Yeah, that totally makes yeah. sense. Definitely both of them. But I think that was the coolest thing was just like, oh, they killed, she dumped him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that, you know. Yeah, the the, uh, the unsung hero of Scream is, is Roger Jackson, who is the phone voice of, of, of Ghostface. Yeah, can we shout out to my boyfriend Ghostface for a second here? <laughs> I mean, come on, it wouldn't have been anything without him and the fact that he's in every one of them. Right. And uh, yeah, it's good stuff. No, he's he's phenomenal uh, as 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 the Ghostface. Uh, again, particularly in the Casey Becker scene where he's having like the conversation and it seems like he's a real person. And, then and he's, he's kind like, of flirting at first. Yeah, and he's all, "I got you like a like, fish." Oh. <laughs> You keep saying all my favorite lines. I love that one so much. It's so good. He just and I'll turns say, on like, a fucking dime. It's it's perfect. And this is a series too, like you were saying. I don't understand people not liking it at all. Mm-hmm. Even Rayleigh watches these mo- movies with us. Well, she hates horror films. She's say, afraid of everything. I was going to say, I know she's scared of everything. <laughs> she's scared of everything. But she, like one weekend, stayed the night here and watched all of them with us. And was like down which is very so it's it definitely uh, lends itself to a wide audience i would say i'm scared to say the weekend at your house because like you guys are show me movies that would like will fuck me up for days <laughs> like for i don't days. know about that i don't know like <laughs> we don't watch we don't watch like snuff films or anything <laughs> no but like you're, you know you are you are a, a a wonderful participant in the 31 days of halloween where you're watching all the amazing movies for for the month of october and like you'll pull up something, I'm like, oh my god, that movie looked terrifying. I don't know if I can handle that. And you're like, this movie's amazing. I love it so much. And I'm like, Ugh. yeah, like Terrifier. I I think um, what's the last one you did? Was it Sinister? Sinister? Oh, Sinister Two. Yeah. yeah. I was yeah, I was that, too scared that, to watch Sinister One, so I can't watch Sinister Two. Okay. Sinister One. Uh, we're going a little bit. That's off okay. Topic, I, we but... don't mind. T- we don't mind sidetracks. Okay. I do need to voice my absolute love for Sinister, the first one. I didn't even know it existed. And then a couple years ago, I think Cody was sick or something. I'm out here in the living room by myself flipping through. And all I saw was that a movie was about to start. It's a horror film. It's got Ethan Hawke in it. I was like, all right, let's give this a shot. I was scared shitless. <laughs> and these movies don't usually scare me, but there were... A lot of parts in that flick that I was straight up like uncomfortable. Like that was a really good Sinister Two wasn't as bad as you would expect. No, I, I had I was watching uh, Eli Roth. The last two Halloweens oh, has done uh, history of Hall- or history of horrors for AMC. Mm-hmm. And uh, earlier this month, he had done a thing on, on like haunted house stories, and uh, Sinister was in there. Mm-hmm. And so I was like. I'm super curious, but this looks so scary. I don't know if I can handle it. It legitimately is. And like I said, 
these movies don't usually scare me, but there was some stuff in that in that one that really stirred my soul a little that, bit. There's like some disturbing content in there, right? Yeah, and not done in a cheesy way. Like right. so many of these, the, the, they do the like flicker of the whatever, and you're just like, yeah, there's a guy behind you, like obviously. But the way that they did it with the um, like the eight millimeter camera mm-hmm. and just like the and something about watching things on a projector. It's more scary. It's like old and yeah. clicking, yeah. you know? Yeah, that movie was uh, terrifying. No, no. And, and like, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I joined you and your husband. We watched the last Halloween movie together. So I like mm-hmm. going to the theater for things like 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 that. Like, show me a slasher. I'm all in. But something yeah. like, like 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 Sinister or even like uh, Insidious or The Conjuring, I want to be home. <laughs> I don't want to watch those yeah. in the theater. I don't want to scream in front of strangers. <laughs> well, the interesting thing about me liking... Sinister. I don't know if it's interesting to anybody but me. I don't usually like haunting movies. Okay. I usually find them very boring. Like I try them. There's a handful out there that I dig, mm-hmm. but it's it's not usually my scene. What got me about that one to make me watch it was the fact that Ethan Hawke's character was a true crime writer. Right. Right. And I'm obsessed with true crime, so I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool hook, and so that got me in. Um. If I just see that something's haunt, so two things: if there is a haunted house, or uh, the religious, like there's a priest and exorcism, oh, except that. the exorcist, obviously. Generally speaking, though, those are just kind of throwaways for me personally. Gotcha. I don't. I like the slashers better, or the, you know, anything else, basically. No, I kind of like the fun, the more fun ones, but I mean, I don't mind yeah. a good scare too. But I. Uh, since we're since we're on that topic, like I really enjoyed the first Conjuring uh, uh, for like some scare uh, some scare factors, like some good jump scares. But the second one was pretty like I don't know, kind of paid by numbers. So I, 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 I didn't even I, I, I didn't even bother. <laughs> I didn't I didn't even bother. Well, the first one though was actually one of the very few of the haunted house genres that I did actually very much enjoy because something actually happened. Yeah. So often it's just like it's haunted, and then they find out there's this person that died there, and they're like, oh bummer and they move but this actually like you know takes over the wife and it that things actually happen so i I dug that one surprisingly well let's go not as much as scream no let's go back to scream let's get back into scream and ghost face let's get to the part i mean let's let's cut to the chase let's get to the big party you know we we have a party at (laughs) Stu's house because school's Mm -hmm. over there's a serial killer on the loose and shortly after that the principal gets killed but that's kind of to be, you know, for that's a little bit more for later, but this is also where we get the like the rules. We also get the 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 de-virginizing of Sydney. I mean, mm-hmm. Talk about it. Come on, come at me. My favorite part of the of the, the party is when Randy, because he's such like a type A when it comes to talking about horror mm-hmm. or movies in general. You know, he's just a movie head. But they're all sitting down and they all just want to watch the fucking movie. He's like, no, you got to hear the rules. He's like pontificating about, yeah. And they're just like, whatever, <laughs> fine. But it's, but he, the, they're solid rules. It's hysterical. And they're like, you can't have sex. And everyone's like, boo. <laughs> it's You're all not the allowed to drink, boo. It's all the tropes we've seen before. Every Yeah. And that's, I think that's the best thing is that they are, like you said, not making fun of the fact that these things are in so many of these flicks, but they're putting them up on a pedestal in a way. Yeah. That's like, 
this just don't do this shit and you'll live yeah and it's it's like and the, let's take the trope and kind of spin it a little bit mm-hmm. freshen it up put a little shine on there yeah it's sort of like that whole thing about it it's being so self-aware and i think that's what makes it cool it's like yeah it's another slasher flick really but it also because it's self-aware and it makes those jokes but not in a jokey way you're like reminded of how cool that those kind of are you're reminded of like Especially when, you know, Stu goes, I'll be right back. <laughs> I mean, it's the greatest. It's, it's the greatest. So I don't know how many times I've said that. Drink when I say it's the greatest. <laughs> Ooh, that would be fun. We should have said that earlier. But I've been drinking all day, so don't worry about that. Uh, no, it, I, I love the party sequence. I mean, I think this is almost half the movie is the party at the end, right? I mean, like so much happens here. Yeah, I think it's more it's it's half or almost two thirds maybe. It's yeah. like literally yeah. The movie I mean, is I've, I've heard the stories from shooting where like this was like the biggest stretch of, of, of production was like in this one location they could only film after the sun went down mm-hmm. and you know various things like that. And they I think they're up in up in like Sonoma for filming the movie. Mm-hmm. So I mean Beautiful area, but God knows it could burn, yeah. burn to the ground in, in in an instant. Yeah, yeah, that that's it was gorgeous though. And interestingly enough, I have all these weird tidbits, but no, tidbits uh, are great. It, yeah, I because I'm obsessed with true crime. It's also loosely based on um, the Gainesville Ripper. I don't really? know if you that. So it is actually loosely based on a real serial killer. That's awesome. I would say though, knowing that serial killer number two is closer because he like kills coeds, oh, okay. so that's a little bit more. You know, oh, that's, like number two is a little scream too. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Well, all right. So let's kind of. I guess we should just get into it. I mean, like, let's talk about Billy and Stu's big reveal. I mean, we you have the scene, Billy and Sid, they make with the loving. Mm-hmm. And then st- the only part about that scene that mm-hmm. I found weird is that she used his parents' brush to brush her hair after they <laughs> fucked. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's weird. That's weird. That's weird. But that's just me. I can't. I can't argue with that at all. <laughs> I, I have nothing to say. I was like, you know what? She's totally right. It's, I never thought about that bizarre. until just now. She like, gets up. She gets dressed, and she's like combing her hair while he's like getting dressed it's it's silly but but what's great about that scene though is that's when she starts questioning billy about his phone call Mm -hmm. and like kind of like subconsciously she's been kind of connecting the dots Mm -hmm. but then that's where they throw another red herring at you Mm -hmm. and he gets attacked again yes and you're just like fuck every time i think it could be billy obviously not because i'm just thinking the most obvious answer, right? No, and we all and are. We're all getting led around. And we're all think we we yeah. all think we're ahead of the curve, and we're figuring it all out. And then Ghostface pops up to stab, stab, quote unquote, Billy. <laughs> yeah, and throw us in front like, of the loop. And it's it's pretty interesting because if you have you ever read Agatha Christie novels, uh, just uh, Orient on the uh, Murder on the Orient Express. That's the only one I've read. Okay, so she's straight up the queen of red herrings. Mm-hmm. That's like they named her that because she has written so many of these murder mysteries and she's so good at the misdirect that you just have no fucking clue what's going on until the very end and the very big reveal. So I think another part of why this 
movie resonated so much was I was obsessed with those books as a kid. Mm -hmm. I mean, I still read them, but like when I was a kid, those were ones that I would like read while I was at the library instead of bringing them home because I would get in trouble. But the way that this story's told, every time you think that you know something, she's like, you don't know shit. And that's kind of what, that's a similar, you know, unfolding of a story, if you will, that they, that they do in this. Mm -hmm. No, I, I agreed a hundred percent. I love the way it plays out. And I love once, once the two killers are revealed, the way they kind of play with the surviving cast members mm. as they kind of taunt them. And they then, toy with them like a cat and a mouse. Yeah. Dude, and it's, it's so uncomfortable. And then you're like thinking for sure, Randy's going to eat it. Like I thought he was going to go right away. But he's a virgin, so you know, <laughs> scary movie so by rules. The rules. Exactly, and then uh, uh, Stu has another great line when when Gail Weather shows up, and 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 uh, Billy's like, "I thought you said she was dead." And she's like, "She looked dead, still does." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're, I mean, you're, you're completely right. Matthew Lillard kills this role a hundred percent. He's like, he steals fascinating the fucking spotlight. He's fantastic. No, I just watched a couple I, weeks ago. I'm like, he's still so good. This doesn't so wear. Good. Yeah, this is not worn out on me at all. No, absolutely not. And that's one of the things you, you kind of wonder, a movie that was made in 96, is it going to hold up? You know, because a lot don't, you know. I just rewatched some movie from back then and I was just like, God, that movie fucking blows. Something about Mary. I was oh, like, I, I was like, oh, hell yeah. And I put it on and I was like, I I thought this was funny. Like, it just, <laughs> it, it doesn't hold up at all. But Scream, I mean. I mean, I think there's something kind of, kind of, uh, uh, that transcends time in a sense is like of like what our social circles kind of tend to be because mm -hmm. like there always is kind you know, not dead on accurate, but like there's always kind of a Randy. There's always kind of a Tatum. There's always kind of a, mm -hmm. like, you know, a Sid and, and a stew and a Billy, like a lot of group dynamics kind of work that way to kind of compensate for each other and their shortcomings. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. still fairly common. Yeah. And as a whole, Mm -hmm. You know, with everybody with their different skills, then you have a whole like a strong unit. Exactly. Like that's kind of the beauty of that type of group. And it is very realistic. And uh, I was just one thing I was surprised about, though, was that none of the like background characters bit the dust. You know, there's a lot of people at that party. Oh, sure. sure so sure, sure. it's interesting that Billy and Stu only killed people that they had motive to when they were trying to do this whole big thing about like, you know, we watched too many scary movies and look what we turned into and whatever. Seems like they would have taken out a few randos. Well, they did have a really good frame for, for Sydney's dad. And they were trying to fit him into that. Mm -hmm. It almost worked too. It, it, it really did. I mean, and again, uh, 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 Jamie Kennedy's character predicts it when he's in the video store, how <laughs> says dad's going to pop up in the third reel somewhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, well, that's a, there is a lot of of uh, foreshadowing, but done very blatantly mm -hmm. on purpose. And then you watch it, you go, "Oh, he got me! He got me!" <laughs> let, let, so let let me ask you this: so as as Sydney's starting to turn the tables on our on on our our quote unquote villains slash heroes, depending on your perspective, <laughs> why not both? Why not? Why not both? I like that. Why not both? <laughs> She puts on the on the on the on the Ghostface costume. What do you think mm -hmm. of that? I thought it was kind of fun because that was her like taking 
the fucking reins back. Man. I was gonna, like, I was gonna ask if that was like an empowerment thing at first, you know, and like maybe that, I that's it how first. I read it. Okay. I mean, I don't know how it was meant to be, but that's how I've always kind of perceived that because she's been told she's a victim for so long, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, ever since like the thing with her mom, and now everyone's going after her friends, and someone's trying to kill her. So you can only be told you're a victim for so long before you like start to believe it and you just kind of lay down and let it happen. But that was her going like, fuck that. Like, no, no. And also a little bit, maybe, maybe a little bit. Do you guys see how stupid you look? You know, (laughs) I like to think there was a little humor in there too. For half a second, I thought you were talking to me directly. And I was like, I'm sorry, these headphones are weird. (laughs) No, No, you look as stupid as you always do. Same. Perfect. Perfect. No, no, that was something that I wondered about. Like for a long time, I feel like I watched that movie and I was like, oh, that's weird. She puts the mask on. And then I I don't know, maybe three or four years ago, I was like, oh, maybe it's like, this is like like an empowerment thing. She's like taking the Mm -hmm. power from them and like shoving it right into their chest with a umbrella. Yeah. It was a power move. It was a full on like, oh, you thought you fucked, you, you fucked me. And now you think you can fuck me over completely. Nah, dog, that's not happening. That's the way that I see it. And that's where I start to love Sid is where, when she fully goes, I'm not going to be a victim. Yeah. Not going to be a victim anymore. Like whatever happened in the past happened, it happened to me, but I'm a survivor, not a victim. And that was where that transformation took place in my mind. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty powerful. It's also hysterical. (laughs) I thought. No, you're you're right. I've I've totally come around on that scene. And like, like I have to, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, I am a middle-aged white man. I'm sometimes slow on the uptake. <laughs> and sometimes, <laughs> give me a little, a t- a tiny bit of credit. I mean, credit. to be fair, middle-aged white men have never had to try. So, uh, but I'm trying. Really I'm trying. <laughs> I got there eventually. <laughs> well, I also have to remember when I'm watching this, I'm not. I'm not far off from the age of the people being portrayed, yeah. right? So I'm kind of in the psyche of the kids. Well, it's happening. I'm, I'm not that far off. Because I don't even think they were seniors, some of them, you know? So it's a year or two difference in age when I'm seeing this for the first time. Right. So I could, I, I, that was the other part was just seeing kids after they're going through some shit, just like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let this happen. Well, it, uh, to your point, I think for some, I think that was something for me and my friends when we saw this the first time. Again, you know, it was 96, we were graduating high school. And, the what we were seeing on the screen was, was you know pretty a pretty good representation of people we knew or had interacted with in, mm-hmm. in our high school lives. I mean, like it was very uh, uh, something. I don't. Want, I don't. I guess real, but like real is kind of a strong word. But I mean, like you understood those people that you were watching on the screen in a way that uh, Jason and Freddie and, and those had kind of gotten away from, where they were just like you know caricatures. Yeah. You know, it was like the they dumb sort- jock, the dumb blonde and, and those things. Yeah, I feel like they sort of took slasher films and then married it very nicely with like a slightly more realistic high school film, mm-hmm. right? So there's actual characters and it's not just like these people that you barely even know their name before they get sliced and diced. You're like, you spend a few days like at their school. So you get their, their, their actual characters. It's not so much um, just like puff piece stereotypes. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. You, and you sort of get like a little bit, uh, uh, not super in depth, but you kind of get a peek of like the social dynamic in the school 
You know, like mm-hmm. they're not necessarily the, like the popular kids, but they're kind of like not the unpopular kids either. So you, mm-hmm. you get a little bit of that. So it kind of like strikes a nice middle ground for your audience to, to relate to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I feel like Billy and Stu, or like if Billy and Stu were popular, the way that I see it, and the chicks that are making fun of her in the bathroom are jealous because she got the hot guy in school. Well, remember too, though. I mean, like one of those girls was a cheerleader, and then one of the first. Perf- first people killed was was uh uh becker's becky uh, becker's boyfriend which was a jock yeah because he had the letterman yeah. jacket on so exactly like there's definitely like an anti-jock thing going on there mm-hmm. <laughs> which i'm okay with well <laughs> unless you believe the theory that he killed them because he dated casey for a little while and then she left him for oh Steve? no i believe that too but i also believe yeah. that the like, job being a jock was a bonus <laughs> yeah oh 100 percent. i think anybody who grew who doesn't up... want to kill a jock enough from high school <laughs> i mean no or comment. some like you know some uh you know cheerleader that like scorned us at one point or whatnot we i don't want to say anything we won't name names so. we won't name names uh, the statute of limitation <laughs> limitations is long past but we won't name names to protect the innocent <laughs> yeah 20 year. this year is my 20 year high school I'm going to say reunion because I'm not fucking going, no. but anniversary of me leaving that shithole, which is pretty weird. Yeah. The, trust me, my, my 20th rolled around a few years ago and I was like, no, thank you. And I'll say the same thing at 30 and 40. So don't worry. <laughs> Set it going. at 10 too. <laughs> Anyhow. I'm talking to the people that I want to talk to still. They know who they are. They're still in my life. If you if you cared what I was doing, you could have contacted me any time in the last twenty years. Yeah, I don't need to see you at the the, the ballroom in a Marriott somewhere. No. <laughs> no. Um, what else yeah. you want to say about so, Scream? What else? What have we forgotten? Uh, I wouldn't mind hitting on the sequels a little bit. I mean, not in so much depth, but I just Preach think it. they don't get enough love, and I think that they should. Well, I think three is better than two, but four is strong. Four is fucking amazing. So, okay, for me, it's one, two, four, three. One, two, four, three. Okay. Cody. You think three is wor- okay? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then so for for Cody, it's two, one, four, three. Wow. I All know. Right. Very right. interesting. And, and how would you say yours rate? Well, now I'm questioning it because I thought three was better than two, but maybe I need to rewatch two. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love me some Timothy Oliphant, but I I, just, I didn't think two was that great. <laughs> I thought he was fantastic because he was a total fucking weirdo. Oh, I yeah, like he's the best. It, so Timothy Oliphant, I think the entire world can agree is a just the specimen of a uh, awesomeness, gorgeous, <laughs> a, a gorgeous man who is also fantastic. Right? Yes, I mean, yes. we all he's a he's badass. He's a great actor from all we ever have heard. Nice dude. All the things. In Scream 2, he's a fucking nut job. (laughs) And you almost don't see Timothy Oliphant in there. You just see this fucking tweaker weirdo. (laughs) And I think that shows how good of an actor he is, though, you know? Because he goes from that to, like, Deadwood. I mean, come on. No, he's, um, uh, oh, God. What? (sighs) I mean, they're in the same class together. But he's sort of... Justified? no, no. I mean, I mean, in the in the Scream universe, he's sort of like the, he's sort oh. of he's sort of like Dark Randy, right? He's like Randy who's gone yeah. too far. <laughs> yeah. Because okay, so just talk about Scream Two for a second. Mm-hmm. 
I really enjoyed, um, you know, they're in, they're in film class, right? They're in college now they're in film class and they're talking and this is the, 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 the being self-aware that we were just talking about. They're in film class and quietly just talking about movies, by the way, Joshua Jackson for like two seconds. Let's, let's appreciate that. (laughs) Um, And they're like, they're getting into the concept of sequels and like what sequels are better than the originals. They have that whole like long conversation about sometimes sequels are better than the original, but that was them setting up for the whole, you know, self-aware. It's very, very meta, very self-aware. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, is it much more subtle than the first one? And the first one, the whole movie was kind of based on that. Mm -hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but it was cool how they brought it back just a little bit, you know? And Randy with his with his rules for a sequel, and then he bites it really early, and that's sad. Well, all right. So I'm gonna. This might get a little twisted and a little dark. I mean, we're talking about murder, so it's well. Fine. Have you watched Screen Three this year? Yes, I watch. We I, we watched all four. Okay. Every every year. I feel like Screen Three has now reached another level because it Scream is a Miramax movie. Which means Ooh. it's produced by Harvey Weinstein. Yep. And it's basically about awful, awful, awful movie producers doing horrible things to young actresses. Mm. And it's I feel like it's, whole become, level, it's a whole new layer of There's a of whole like new darkness. layer to three that yeah. I I don't want to say I, I, I like it because that's gross. But I mean, like, mm-hmm. I totally have, like, this has become reality and it's mm-hmm. kind of wild and crazy. So yeah. It's taking it up a notch for me. It's pretty dark. Yeah. yeah. Which is, which. Is almost needed because three is a little kooky. It's a little kooky, but I, I like the whole thing with with, uh, with uh, Maureen Prescott and her backstory, mm-hmm. and, and I, I like that honestly. Yeah, I really enjoyed that she got a backstory because yeah. I I think all we all we knew of her before that was that she was a, a cheating wife, mm-hmm. and like she's a person that like had aspirations and shit. Yeah. So Hopes and I, I enjoyed and that we learned some stuff about like her past and. And all that stuff. Um, also, Scream Three is the only one that only has one murderer. Yes, it, the, the which uh, I found to be very interesting and fun because it's Scott Foley. I was gonna say the spoiler the, alert. Spoiler alert is the stepbrother. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the, who, but, no, who no one knows is the stepbrother until the very end. Uh, Half brother. Half brother. You're right. Half brother. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Come on. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but part two. Going back for just a second. Again, we have to get to part two before we have black characters. Well, we have Lori Metcalf as as uh, as Billy Loomis's mother, which is fantastic. We have Jada yeah. Pinkett and Omar Epps in the beginning, opening the movie in the theater. Stab, Tori Spelling. Mm-hmm. Come on. So I wanted to talk about the opening act. Let's do because it. Because I feel like the thing about these movies that they do well every time is the opening. The scene. cold open, yeah. Yeah, it, it, and it's always the first kill happens before the credits, every time. And the one with Jada Pinkett, so it's sort of like when you watch like Rocky Horror Picture Show at a theater or whatever, and it's that everyone's yelling the lines and getting all crazy and ridiculous. And she's up there getting straight up murdered, and everyone thinks it's part of the show. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, like take it in for a second. That's mm-hmm. fucking dark. And... um I've always really enjoyed that open. No, it's you are weird. right. I agree with you. It's pretty twisted. Like people are just standing, sitting there, 
are standing and they're there cheering and they're it on, watching and they're cheering. They're like straight up like throwing popcorn, yeah, and like cheering, and, and she's, she's just like, "I'm fucking dying." What the, you know? So I, I always thought that was a neat. And they did a lot of great red herrings in this one. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone thought it was the boyfriend because it was the boyfriend the first time. So right. we're all thinking it's the boyfriend this time. You know. Well, good stuff. And big big props to Wes Craven for directing all three of those originals. You know, all the the original and, and the two sequels. Yeah. Like I love that he stuck around to kind of keep going with these and, and, and kind of keeping his keeping the, the vision uh, unified, you know, throughout mm-hmm. the throughout Sydney's kind of trilogy. Yeah. And in Three, my favorite, a little off topic, but my favorite cameo in number three, Jalen Silent Bob. I <laughs> guess. So because they're in Jalen Silent Bob Strike Back. Yes, it's totally it's totally meta. So yes. in it's this whole hysterical twisted Miramax universe that is now twisted more than we ever thought it was. Yeah. But far, far more twisted. Uh, <laughs> but you know they're at the the studio, and it's Jane Silent Bob who you know how much I love them. And then you're what you watch Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, and they bust into a fucking scream <laughs> set where the killer is a monkey. It's gonna be and a it's monkey. The funniest. It's it's. But I love that it goes both ways. It's not yes. just you know. I when also, I, I also when love I West, realize that I also love Wes Craven saying that everyone loves a monkey. <laughs> Yeah, and he's just like counting his money. It's the it's the greatest. But uh, so good. Scream three, they all have their have their gems. I think the most surprising for me though is number four. I mean, uh, how talk about four because I think you might need to convince. Let's some people talk here. about four. Yeah, get into it. Uh, so we were set up to believe in number three that it was a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Remember, Randy goes through the rules of the trilogy. The whole thing. I mean, from the grave. Right. And yeah. so we're like, okay, this is the end. This is the trilogy. So we're thinking anything goes. Like, we don't know who's going to die. Like, you think Dewey eats it again? Because he ends up, you know, getting stabbed pretty pretty bad. And then, um, yeah, at the end, everyone, the, the main couple are good. And everything's good. And they move on. And we're just like, okay, it's over. Thought it was over. Ten fucking years later... They announced Scream 4, and you go, Ugh. Like, I don't think anybody thought it was going to be good. Mm-hmm. I didn't even watch it until it came out on DVD. Mm-hmm. I just, like, no, well, I'm was, not paying was, money for I that. I was in the same boat. I watched yeah. all three in theaters, but I skipped four until VHS, or DVD. Oh, real quick. The only one I actually saw in theaters was number two. And, funny story... Maybe not that funny, but <laughs> similarly, sim- similarly to my um, how I got to watch Scream 1 by having my brother rent it and sneak it into the house, Scream 2 came out when I was 14, and I convinced my mom to drop me and a friend off at the movie theater, which she never would do, because she's crazy, um, and I told her we were seeing some boring, I don't know, something parent-worthy. And we snuck into Scream Two, and I, so that's the only one I got to see in theaters. Nice, but it was like my biggest, like <laughs> so stupid. It's like the dumbest thing, but I felt so empowered. That's not that's awesome. Like, I like that. Got that shit. But so back to four. Um, after ten years has has gone by, you're like, there's no way it's going to be good. Like, there's no way they can capture that magic again. 
three was already a little campy, you know? So sure. you're expecting, fuck, are they just going to go super campy again? Um, and then it's actually amazing. Like, it's it's actually scary. It does the whole, um, like, bringing new technology into it with the kid, you know, webcasting everything that's going on. And then my favorite is the fact that they do Stabathon, <laughs> where they play all the mov- all the stab movies back to back one night. I like that too. Yeah, but the best part about that cold open is so they do like you remember when's the last time you saw four? So actually, I'm planning on watching four tomorrow night uh, for the first time in a couple of years. Okay. I don't know. I don't so, know for as well as I would like to. Gotcha. I think you should revisit it. It's, no, no, it's, it's it's on the queue. It's in the queue. I have. Yeah, a couple, yeah. I'm ready to go. It's it's a hidden gem, man. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody gives it the love that it deserves. It um the the cold open of this one is you watch somebody get chased and killed, and then it's like bam the credits and it's stab, and then it goes into another one and bam it's stab too. And that, you know oh, what I mean? It goes and goes. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, my, yeah, yeah, yeah. That my, sounds familiar. Okay. Yeah. Right. So you're like constantly thinking this is the opening of the movie, but it's a character watching Stab All 3 or Stab, stab 4 or yeah. Stab 5. Because it becomes its own franchise. And it's, again, more meta exactly. stuff, more self referential. Yes. But my favorite part of that cold open is when Kristen Bell stabs Anna Paquin because she won't shut the fuck up when they're trying to watch the movie. <laughs> The greatest. Kristen Bell's it's the, best. the greatest. Let's be honest. She's wonderful, and you don't ever, you don't expect that from her. And at first, you're not sure if that's the beginning of the actual movie or if it's another stab. You know, so you're like, oh, I don't did, really. Did she just? No, I mean. Well, how do you feel about about the purported Scream Five? Oof, I am cautiously optimistic. I mean, I think if you. Obviously, obviously, COVID has delayed everything. So, you know, whatever information we have yeah. may be completely outdated. But, you yeah, know, Wes Craven I mean, is not involved, you know, obviously. So. Yeah, there's nothing that I've heard, like, any official anythings except that Nev Campbell, like... Um, sorry, I heard something weird in the other room. No, 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 you're okay. Don't worry. Um, Nev Campbell obviously, like, confirmed that it's happening and all that stuff, which I thought was very cool. But it's it's hard when you know that like the originals aren't a part of it. Yeah, it's, it sounds like Nev Campbell, and then uh... no, I mean the ones behind the scenes, like the oh, yeah, Nev yeah. Campbell, David Arquette, and and Courtney Cox are all are, a part. They're of it. all back. Then you have like Jack yeah. Quaid, and then a bunch of newbies that I'm not familiar with are in the in the cast yeah. list. Yeah, looking at which was I mean, four th- uh, was the same way. Yeah. I mean, and it was. It turned out to be fucking super scary and super great. Five, I'm just a little, I'm a little nervous, but I'm still going to see it, obviously, um, because I didn't think four was going to be good, and it turned out to be one of the one of the better ones. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly. So. Yeah, but uh, Ghostface is, is not gone by any means, and there was I, I don't know. Did you guys watch the MTV series a couple years ago that was on? I only watched one episode and didn't get farther than that, but I actually have it on my list because I want to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you I, know, that, sh- shits and giggles. That's like the one blind spot I have for uh, for Ghostface and his his history is the MTV series. Uh, but it sounded like it was more of a urban take on Ghostface and and 
The killing of people? It wasn't even the original mask. Right. Oh, no, they changed the whole thing. They didn't have rights to the original oh. mask. So it isn't... It isn't... It... I think in its own way, it it doesn't shit on the original. Okay. Because it isn't the same mask. So it's, it's, it's almost, not the same ghost face. So it's probably not... It may not even be connected at all in any way. I mean, I think it has to be to have the name, probably. It's got to be connected in some way. I didn't watch enough of it. To well, know. I mean, you say that, but I mean, we've all seen Halloween three, <laughs> and that's not really connected to Michael Myers. Yeah, but I love Halloween three. It's so weird, isn't it? It's, it's so good. It's weird. It's just. It's, yeah, if, I love. If Halloween you can get 3. over the fact that Michael Myers is not the antagonist in Halloween three, like you, you might have a good time. You just forget that because what they were trying to do, they wanted to do an anthology, right? Exactly. Which you, you probably knew that, but. They were like, let's try to do this anthology thing. And it failed horribly because everyone just wanted to see Michael Myers. Right. Um, but if you take that movie as a standalone, it's fucking great. Mm -hmm. It's it's a classic, like fun flick. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that movie. No, I definitely agree with you on that. And I I was kind of curious. I thought maybe they were doing trying to do the same thing with the MTV series, like make it like an anthology thing. But uh, I tried to tape it all one night. Off of, uh, I tried to DVR it all. I said tape it, like I have a VHS or something, but I don't. Because um, you're old. Yeah, exactly. So I tried to DVR it all, but it was all, I don't know what was wrong with my guide, but because it just ended up taping whatever random MTV nonsense was on instead. So I never ended up getting it. Isn't it on Hulu or something? It, it may be now. I haven't yeah. looked it up. You might be right. I need, yeah. I need to investigate. <laughs> yeah, because I haven't seen it, but I'm, I'm curious, you know? No, definitely. Definitely. Especially this time of year. Come on. Come on. That's all. I, I mean, it's funny because everyone does the 31 days of Halloween and I do because it's a fine little like stroll down memory lane and all that. But I watch it all year round, so mm -hmm. it's not yeah. really different. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we pretty much covered the movie, but I, I, I would love to know, do, uh, do you guys have anything planned, obviously on a much smaller scale, but for Halloween this year, are you guys going to do costumes at all and hang around the house? No, no costumes because... I mean, what's the point? And no one's going to trick or treat either. So, I, and I don't mean to be a downer. It's just with everything that's going on, I just don't have the energy mm -hmm. to put into something that is it, it, just get me sitting in a, in a fucking costume in my backyard. Um, <laughs> but we are, we are going to have outdoor movie night and we're going to watch Halloween one followed by Halloween 40. Nice. Because, you know, they did Halloween 40 to be, the sequel. Yeah. So we thought it would be cool to watch them back to back. That's fun. That's our that's our plan. Just sit out by the fire and, you know, whatever. So one other really random tidbit that just I just thought of, and mm -hmm. I wish I thought of it earlier. Sorry, when we were talking about Matthew Lillard. Yeah. Did you ever hear, and I learned about this directly from him. I listened to him on Armchair Expert, where he was talking with Jack Shepard, uh, oh yes, yes. End of the podcast. You froze. Are you there? I'm there. I. Oh, I can, okay. I can hear you just fine. Oh, okay, okay. Um. So anyway, there, uh, Matthew Lillard was on Armchair Expert. And he was talking about all his movies and things like that. And I, I love me some Matthew Lillard. He was talking about how, interestingly enough, they were going to bring Stu back for Scream Two. Um. Like that he had survived that night, but he was in jail. I, I think I might have heard this. 
Yeah. And so they, I guess the whole concept was that um, some teenage psycho like reached out to him in jail and then he like marionettes that kid and teaches him how to like kill his like students or what, like basically a school shooting situation. Okay. But then that in real life became an epidemic and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was it's the weirdest thing because it's like that exact same thing happened with Freddie and like he wanted to do Freddie a certain way, but then couldn't because of social climate, yeah. which, you know, I'm, I respect him being respectful. Um, but then Stu was supposed to come back for part two and didn't get the chance. And I would love, I would love to like have a random, like, stew encounter in part five no you're 100 percent right and i think it every time i watch the movie that is like he just had a tv drop on his head he could be fine i mean he could those 90s tvs were brutal but (laughs) they're heavy you know people live through crazier shit man the 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 skull is very thick (laughs) yeah i mean i would love that i would love that and I'm not. I I don't know if I'm uh if I'm predicting it, but I am saying that that would be very cool. Because I would I would love it for five to have some kind of tie back to to the OG killers, and and Stu is yeah. obviously the most easily available to be alive. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that I hope doesn't happen is another like distant family member thing. Yeah, I sure, just need sure. I need the killer to have a new motive. Mm-hmm. That's all. Because it's I mean, it didn't get old to me as I'm watching them. I feel like the last one was like a really cool twist on on the family, which I guess maybe we're past the threshold of spoilers, right? Go ahead. I mean, the fact that it's her fucking niece who just is pissed that she doesn't get enough attention, which Emma Roberts is really good at playing that bitch, because from what we all That's understand. Her jam. She, is that bitch um but she's so she's so good because she's just like such a brat and but the way that it comes about is like yeah there's this other shitty family member but i just don't think five could float on another family member story Mm -hmm. so i'm just hoping that they get creative with whatever killer or killers maybe there'll be three this time i don't know I think you're right, and I I hope they bring us in to consult, because <laughs> right nice, hire me. Yeah, I, I, we'll huh. take we'll take a nominal fee. I mean, we're not demanding. We would just love to be involved uh, and and help steer yeah. the ship a little bit. Just in just any in any way possible. Yeah, we want to. I we love Scream. We want we want to see Scream uh, survive and continue and to, and to thrive and not be a watered down franchise. Yeah. When it, it, it's it's also hard to to think about them doing five as much as I'm excited about it. Because in my personal opinion, the franchise is perfect. There's not one stinker. There's not one that I skip over. Sure. You know, a lot of uh, horror franchises, there's a few. You yeah. just straight it's, up it's don't It's a little bit watch. of an up and down kind of thing. Yeah, there's an up and down. There's, oh, that one's good. Oh, don't bother with that one. You know, there's a, a lot. I, I would say more franchises than not have a handful that you're just like, eh, no, no thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, but Scream isn't that. I watch all four every year, every year, and sometimes in between, just because. No, I we, like it. You can watch a horror movie whenever you want. It doesn't have to be October. 
Yeah. <laughs> but we at least watch it all the way through once a year. And so I'm just hoping that they don't, you know, mess it up because I think it's a perfect franchise. And nobody, I mean, it's so funny. I would talk to people, what's your favorite this and that talking horror? If I mentioned Scream, people would just be like, oh, like, I don't know what I'm talking about because I like Scream because it's like too new or something. It just, it, it just... It's like the fucking Rodney Dangerfield of horror. It gets no fucking respect. And I think that they need to work on that. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think there is a sort of perception that it was like uh, just kind of like this little phenomenon. Uh, but this movie holds up. It plays well. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, if, if you're overlooking Scream, you're missing out on a really good time. And you're missing out on, on, a, on what, what I thought was a this amazing theater-going experience, too, because the audience was so invested and so fired up and mm-hmm. involved in, in yelling at the screen, at the screen, mm-hmm. like, don't go there, don't go there, you know, that mm-hmm. whole thing. And it, it, watching those movies in the theater was a blast. I had a great time with those. And uh, again, like if, if what you're saying is true and you're hearing naysayers, I say nay to them. <laughs> Fuck off. What scream? Nay to them. Nay to the nay. I mean, <laughs> I uh, I love the stab thing too. That all these things that happen turn into these other movies. It was like the original was like art imitating art imitating life. Yeah. And then it became even one step further where movies get made about it. Yeah. It over like and movie, over and over. Movies within a movie kind of thing, and it, yeah, where it just like I never ends. It. I love and it. It's hysterical mm-hmm. because because then last thing I swear I'm not going to keep going on, but <laughs> in part four. When they do Stabathon, right? They get up there and they do the new. It's not quite rules. It's not like Randy's rules, but they get up there and they do the drinking game. Right. Drink every time there's a, a harmless character behind someone and they get scared. Drink every time they say, Why are you doing this to me? And it's like, it's almost their own new way of doing Randy's rules. Yeah. No, you know? You're right. It's so fun. It's a lot of fun. And uh, it, Scream works on multiple levels. And if anyone's overlooking it, they are making a tragic mistake. Tragic. And I hope Agreed. this podcast will hopefully convince maybe one or two people, because we only have one or two people listening, uh, <laughs> will go back and, and watch the movies and watch it with a fresh light or fresh eyes. Well, they'll probably just be like, this chick is an idiot. All she does is talk about Scream, but that's okay. Well, listen, I, I mean, care. if you're listening to this podcast, I know that I'm an idiot, so it's fine. <laughs> We're all in the same boat I, here. <laughs> I mean, my kid is named Sydney. Come on. <laughs> Are you still there? I am. You were frozen for like an hour, but I, uh, you're back. All right. Well, I'm going to sign off now. Is that okay? That sounds great. Thanks, Thanks for so having much. me, bud. No, thank you for joining me. It's been a blast. I've had a great time. Cool. Now I just want to go watch Scream again. Me too. I'll be I'll be right there with you. <laughs> All right. Have later, a, dude. Hey, have a great Halloween, okay? You too. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, all right. Thank you so much for, for listening to that conversation. I had a blast talking with Tabitha. It's been a long time uh, since she's been on the podcast with us last. I want to say it was back like an episode, gosh, like 13, maybe 12 or 11. At some point, some point early, or well, I guess fairly late in 20, 2018, which I guess tells you how long this podcast has been going. Uh, but we had a blast with her back then, and it's been far too long since she uh, she was able to come back on on board. 
and and hang out with us. And that's my fault. That's completely my fault, not hers at all. So I'm glad she uh, was able to join us tonight for a really fun and enlightening uh, scream conversation. You know, uh, we didn't do the beat by beat thing. But I loved the chat. I mean, it was so much fun to talk about the characters and their arcs and, and sort of like the, the, the plot twists and the red herrings and, uh, you know, kind of getting into the Scream franchise in general because it is a franchise that I think has become somewhat maligned over the years, you know? it, it I think some people kind of look at it as a, as, as a sign of the times, of, as, as being something from the 90s. You know, it's kind of stuck in a 1996 bubble. Uh, but there's a lot there that still carries through and i think this i think the scream franchise is uh a really strong one in the horror genre i think uh i you know i'm not as uh familiar with four i think i've seen four twice so my familiarity with it is not as strong as it is for one two and three but the the scream franchise is really really enjoyable and there's a lot to parse there too because like they it is a horror s- a series that puts a lot of emphasis on plot and not so much on like cheap scares and cheap tricks and and gore and and things like that like sure those are all there uh but there's a lot more to kind of parse through as a as like this uh the the city bristow character uh kind of learns more about her her the the family she's in and the family uh, the parents that she had before you know it again i'm a little stumbling on 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 the words here but sydney bristow is an interesting character she has some interesting lineage Lineage, lineages. Her her uh, you know family tree is rife with interesting facts. So uh, I I much like Tabitha. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic for Scream Five, but in this COVID world, we we will have to wait and see where we get with Scream Five. There's a lot to still kind of have to deal with as far as. Things actually getting made, especially here in the United States, uh, as productions, I think, in most regions are still not great. <laughs> so, all right. Well, listen, with that being said, I believe, unless something comes down at the last minute, this episode here is the culmination of Screamfest for 2020 on the TomCast podcast. Screamfest, you guys like that one? Is Screamfest good? Should we go with that moving forward? Let me know. Let me know. It's up for debate. But this might be the last episode for this year's Screamfest. Stabby, 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 stabby noises. Stabby, 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 stabby noises. Anyhoot, I think this might be it for the year. But let me know what you think. So I want to give a, a, a quick mention. Head on over to 3bzine.com. That is our parent network. That is where this podcast exists. This is where we were birthed from. Head over to 3bzine.com. Click on the TomCast Podcast tab where you can find all of our episodes for TomCast Podcast and MandoVision. If you click on the store tab, you'll be taken to our wonderful store envy site where you can pick up sweet, sweet merch for Beer Night in San Diego, the TomCast Podcast, and MandoVision. And I'm not going to lie. Uh, the hoodies look real nice. So, hey, why not put my face on your chest or on your back for the holiday season? Why not? It's the gift that keeps on giving. You give it to someone else, and my face is there to give them another gift. A sweet little smooch on the face for the holidays. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know either. But whatever. It's there. Take advantage of it if you want to. 
Please follow us on the social medias. We are at Tomcast Popcast on Twitter and on Instagram. That's the best way to get a hold of me. But if you want to go on a, on a skating diatribe about why I suck, hit me up, TomcastPopcast at gmail.com. That's the best way to, to do those diatribes and to just really give me all the vitriol you have in your system. Just let it out in an email. Use your words. And impress me with your linguistic talents. And, and maybe I'll even read on the show, okay? Finally, if you want to become a financial backer of the show because uh, you don't hate me, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast. You will get access to super cool bonus content. We have video features. We have a couple of uh, uh, email-y, letter-y kind of thing going on. We also have amazing audio commentary tracks for some of the movies you have not seen in 40 years, like Howard the Duck. <laughs> like 1990's Captain America and 1989's The Punisher with Dolph Lundgren. They're all there. Check them out. Thank you so much to my current Patreons. Thank you to the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail, co-host of The Ringing Year, a fantastic music podcast that supports uh, super spreaders like Justin Turner. Uh, thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all the circles, the Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard, and the New Jersey Devil himself, Mark Wegemer, a.k.a. the Jason Voorhees of Southern California. Finally, make sure you are subscribed, liking, sharing, and enjoying this podcast and sharing to all your all your super cool hipster friends uh, on, on whatever platform you like. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play. Those are our favorites, but if you want me on something else, just let me know. So, do that, and if you have a chance, please give us those sweet, sweet, sweet five-star reviews. Those are the butterfingers we want in our pumpkin-shaped basket for Halloween because uh, they make this podcast work the best. All right, so that's it. We're wrapping up Halloween. We're wrapping up October, and and we're, we're blazing ahead into the holidays where things typically grind to a horrible, horrible halt. But listen, the TomCast podcast will always have fun fun content, fun features for you. And head over to Mando underscore Vision, or just Mando Vision for your, podcast, for your podcasts, because that's where we're going to have all the content for Season 2 of The Mandalorian, which debuts tomorrow, Friday, October 30th. It's going to be legit. All right, so check us out on all those formats. You know all the links. You know all the information. Thank you for subscribing and following and sharing and doing all the good stuff. And if you're new to the show, uh, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope you're enjoying yourself and having a good time. All right, so I'm signing off for this week. We're going to be back next week with new stuff. I think we're going to break down all the news because uh, in, 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 in doing all these awesome Halloween-themed movies, we have completely skipped the news for a month. <laughs> so we have a few things to kind of catch up on, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Join us for that next week, all right? I will see you all soon. I'll talk to you all soon. Ciao, babes. We're not going to be fucking sung this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions!